Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. If our gospel lesson this morning is a little confusing to you with all the little whiles and little whiles and little whiles, um, don't feel too bad because the disciples were rather befuddled as well. This passage that we hear is from John chapter 16, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples on the night of his betrayal. He is preparing them for the tragic events that will shortly take place. We in our liturgical calendar right now are currently walking through or reliving with the disciples the 40 days after the resurrection. This is a joyous time for us and for the disciples in which the risen Christ was with them, preparing them, speaking to them, and showing himself to them, giving them commandments, St. Luke tells us, on how to establish and build his church before he would be taken up into heaven in the ascension, which for us is 19 days away. We might ask, why are we reading a passage which comes from the night of his betrayal while we are currently, liturgically, living out the post-resurrection 40 days of joy? Well, the answer has to do with the theme of Jesus' comments and of chapter 16. He is talking about going away and then coming back again. And what he is talking about here has a double meaning. First, it's about him going away in death and coming back in the resurrection. Secondly, it's about him going away in the ascension, but coming back through the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And that's why we're reading it now as a preparation for his second going away in the ascension and the second joy of his coming again to us through the Spirit at Pentecost. The message that we can, our takeaway from this chapter here and his words to the disciples can be boiled down to this. When we are with Jesus, we are filled with joy, and when we are not with Jesus, we are sad, tormented. He was with them on that night, and they were happy to be in his presence, but he would be taken from them, brutally murdered, and they would enter into a great and terrible darkness, a terrible suffering of the soul. But this torment would not last. It would be momentary, in fact. It would pass very quickly, even though it would feel to them like an eternity while they were going through it. Suffering is like that. But when it passes, there would be no residual stench. The pain, the pain would just give way completely to joy. And in absolute sense, the suffering would not just vanish, it would actually be transformed into a joy that he says could never be taken away from them. And that is just what happened when Jesus rose from the dead. There was new birth, there was joy, and the suffering was gone. The tomb was actually a womb from which the new glorified man sprung forth. And that was also a metaphor that Jesus uses in this passage. The birth of a man. 
the new man, glorified man, perfected man, is born from the tomb. And he uses this metaphor of a woman in labor who is in great suffering and pain, but when the child is born, the pain of the labor is gone, wiped away, remembered no more because of the joy of the child. So that's where we are, but there's a little problem because even though he rises from the dead and is with them and their joy is made full, in 19 days from now, he's leaving again. And if you remember the simple equation I laid out, being with Jesus equals joy, being apart from Jesus equals sadness. They and we, in these 40 days, are with Jesus and therefore happy that he is going away again. This time, not to death, but in the ascension, he will bodily leave us. His going away this time is going to be very different, though, because as he ascends into glory, not into destruction, he goes up, not down. Nevertheless, we are still left without him. We are still left in the mess of this world. Yes, he's conquered death, for sure, but we still die. There's still the stench of corruption all around us. We're still in a world that hates us, wants to destroy us. And this is a big part of what he is doing in preparing his disciples in this passage. He's preparing them not just for his immediate death on that next day, he is rather preparing them also for his second leaving in the ascension. He tells them, which we heard this read in Matins, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He's going to send another paraclete, another helper. He's the first paraclete. The Holy Spirit is the second paraclete. If you never picked up on that, I will send you another paraclete. And he will be with you and he will reveal and manifest me in you. So while it appears to us that Jesus is not with us, Truly, he is with us by and through the Spirit, the Spirit who is our joy. This is the double leaving he's preparing the disciples for in our passage. First, the night of his betrayal, his leaving in death, and the second, his leaving in exaltation in the ascension. The first would bring great suffering, and the second would bring the Spirit of truth who would manifest Jesus to the world and result in an even greater and more profound presence than with he, when he was just with them physically. The first joy of his resurrection would be fulfilled in us in the second joy of Pentecost, when the Spirit is poured out into our hearts. When that happens, when the Spirit comes down, the Spirit catches us up. And that is, in a sense, our ascension, at least a trailer to our final ascension, Inasmuch as we can experience it in this life, the Spirit catches us up to be with Jesus in heaven, where St. Paul says we are seated with him. When Jesus was here on the earth bodily, only a few souls could be with him in a small corner of the world. But now that the Spirit is poured out on the whole world, all who believe can not only be with Jesus, but they can be in Jesus and he in them through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And yet as available as this joy is to all mankind, many have not received it. 
Many have not received the Spirit. Many who have received the Spirit, many of us, from time to time, grieve the Holy Spirit because we have loved the world instead of loving Jesus Christ. We read how the early Christians were all together in one place when they received the Holy Spirit. We also read how after they had received the Spirit, they were together, constantly together, devoting themselves together to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the Eucharistic breaking of bread, to the prayers, the liturgy. Why? Because they understood that to be together as the church, in the liturgy, studying the scriptures, hearing the word preached and read and proclaimed, receiving Christ in the sacrament, this was to be in the spirit. It was to be with and to be the body of Jesus. This was the fullness of their joy. If it is not the fullness of our joy, then we are certainly missing something, truly missing something. And we must be more diligent to search and hunger for it. If we do not feel the joy of the Spirit in our lives, we can be assured that it is not because He did not send the Spirit. He most certainly sent the Spirit. If we are not saints, it is most assuredly not because we cannot be saints. We can be saints. And we can be filled with the Spirit. Wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.